0: I'm an American
1: Welcome to the Liberty Moms podcast. Liberty Moms are the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their families, their communities, and most importantly, their children. And I'm hosting today of the Liberty Mom podcast, Chris Kimball, and I'm super, super, super excited about my guest that's joining me today because um, our discussion is going to reveal something that uh, is in the is in the works right now in the Supreme Court that could. As I was saying before we went on the air, can totally affect will will totally affect the whole world. Okay, and Lloyd um, Brunson is joining me. Thank you, Loy, for for hopping on and and I just want to walk through this process because a lot of people, most people, I'm going to say most people, are not familiar with what this is going to do, and what I think this is what was coming through my mind is the irony. The irony in all of this is because the your brother who has filed this um, writ of certior, certiorari, is did I say it right?
0: That's close enough.
1: Okay, <laughs> your brother who has done this it's it's tied into January sixth. And Lloyd, what have we been hearing for the last three years about January sixth, right, or two years anyway? Sure. Exactly, And lo and behold, the insurrection that they're trying to promote from the Democrat Party and, and trying to, you know, keep Trump from running for office, whatever their end goal is, in reality, January 6th is an extremely pivotal day based on what happened on January 6th. But under the guise of the Constitution being ignored and under the guise of treason, Right.
0: That is correct.
1: Yeah, and so that's what we're going to dissect today because January sixth is a big deal. January sixth is huge, but not not in the format of an insurrection and oh my goodness, we were our lives were in danger and all of this stuff, blah 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 blah. Right, the com- the country was going to be overrun. It is in the idea that our rights that were given to us by God and the Constitution that protects those rights were ignored by 388 members of Congress, including the president and vice president. And so we wanna get into that. That is just giving us a broad, um, a broad foundation to what we're gonna talk about today. But it's all about January 6th and what happened on that date. So, Lo, I do wanna do, um, I do wanna go back and and set this foundation. So um, tell us what, happened on January 6th and what prompted your brother to to do this process?
0: Well, this this actually is not about the outcome of the election. It's about how 385 members of Congress completely ignored 100 members of Congress that had a mountain of evidence. And remember, Ted Cruz headed this up, and Josh Hawley. All they were asking for was a 10-day investigation. So we're suing every single member of Congress that would not allow an investigation. So we weren't. This benefits both sides, or this benefits everyone that would want an honest election. So actually, uh, there are three three brothers, myself and two brothers, and uh, one of the brothers is really great at state, federal, and Supreme Court rules of civil procedure, and so he got very motivated to do some kind of a lawsuit, so he asked me if I'd be the plaintiff on the first one, which is the only one we were going to do, really, and so I filed in federal court, and that went through a lot of rejection and corrections and stuff, and and actually, we sued the federal court in the 10th Circuit because they were blocking it, but eventually, after all the litigation, the federal court unblocked my case, but now they're sitting on it, so while, that, while all that was happening, my brother, Rollin, decided he wanted to file an identical case in state court and take it all the way to the Supreme Court. That was our goal. Our goal was we know they're gonna dismiss it in the lower courts, we knew that. So we just wanted them to do it swiftly so we could get it to the U.S. Supreme Court where we could have a fair shake there. So he went from state court to federal court to the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals over a period of about two years. The 10th Circuit Court of Appeals is the final court before the Supreme Court and you have to get that final decision from that last lower court before you can go to the Supreme Court. So they sat on it for two, three, four months, and finally what we got thinking, this is gonna sit there forever. We'll never be able to take it to the Supreme Court. So uh, we put some pressure on my brother to do some deeper research, and he found a little paragraph, part of uh, Rule 11 of the United States Supreme Court, that allows you to petition the court bypassing the 10th circuit court of appeals decision if if they deem it is a national emergency so we filed a petition based on rule 11 bypassing the 10th circuit decision based on it being a national emergency with our fingers crossed and prayers going we waited about four or five days and we received a phone call from the clerk of the united states supreme court a case analyst Telling us that they have decided to accept the case to be docketed, okay? Wow. And then they requested that we put more information in there that they had been reviewing from the federal dockets. so more case material. So we did that and just about when we were ready to they requested perfect bounds, so there's printing and then there's perfect binding. so these the, the, what you were holding up is the exact physical requirements that they that they ask you to give them. So here we are ready to send that to the Supreme Court and all of a sudden the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals decides to make a decision. How coincidental is that? So we got a notice from the federal court, the 10th Circuit Court telling us that they had made a decision and so we thought well now we don't even need the Rule 11. Should we just leave it in and send it to them? And we thought no we better call the clerk. So We called that number that they gave us and talked to the analyst. And she says, now that they've made a decision, you don't need rule 11. We don't even need to debate that because now it comes right to us without worrying about that. So take it out, make sure you have the content that we've requested and get it to us as soon as you can. They even said, how soon can you get it to us? So we said, well, we can get it to you in about a week or two weeks. We said two weeks and we got it to them a week early. We sent Thursday overnight. They got the 45 copies, so they each have four copies for their the individual clerks, for the justices. And uh, they got it on Friday. They docketed it on Monday, and they show that it was filed the day we sent it, which was the previous Thursday. So we feel like this is on some kind of a fast track. We also got a notice, uh, or you can see on the docket, that the U.S. attorneys have until the 23rd, which is six days from now, so they have six days to file an opposition. If they do not, or if they file an opposition before then, as soon as that's filed or as soon as the deadline happens, we'll file a quick reply, then it goes to conference immediately. It'll be calendared for conference. Conference. That is the, you know, the normal route that the petitions go.
1: Wow. So, Loy, a lot has happened because when I first uh, – heard about this it's before i went to egypt and you had just had contact from the clerk at that point okay so how did, the, how did the 10th circuit court rule on it oh
0: well they just they upheld the lower court's uh decision to dismiss it that's okay. why we're appealing them. yeah and that's what we were wanting that's what we, we wanted them to just act swiftly so yes. state court the u.s attorneys removed it to federal court which was fine we thought yeah that's fine it better go through it would prefer to go that way anyway. And then the ten, the federal court dis, uh, upheld the motion to dismiss. So that allowed us to go to the 10th circuit. And we just wanted them to go ahead and uphold that dismissal so we could take it to the Supreme Court.
1: Right. So it's interesting because the 10th circuit most likely would have just sat on that.
0: For, well, that's what they're doing to right. mine. Mine was filed first. Yeah. And the federal right. court, Judge Shelby, is sitting on that not doing anything. So we, we know some, some things we can do now to push that forward as a matter of fact they wouldn't file it the federal court would not allow me to file it and they made me jump through hoops and so finally we actually sued the federal court and the 10th circuit court for not helping us get my case filed we took them to court so the two defendants were the the u.s district utah district u.s district court of utah which is the federal court of utah and the 10th circuit court of appeals they were the two defendants that we took to state court and after we took them and went through that I got a notice from the federal court that the judge had ordered it filed. And within two days, we had this. the clerk of the federal court issue for, uh, 388 summonses. Oh so but, but now they're sitting on it. So, But my Ace. brother's case is where it needs to be. The U.S. Supreme Court literally has the power, the legal authority and the constitutional authority and power to remove from office 387 federal officers, including Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and 383 members of the US House and the US Senate.
1: Okay, so Loy, I just, you know, that this is Christmas. Come early for America.
0: <laughs> it is for us. We're thrilled that the court responded back and approved the Rule Eleven, which we don't need now. But for them to categorize it as a national emergency, we're absolutely thrilled. Part, they can they can expedite this. They could be making. They could have already made decisions. It could be in the process of organization for execution. We don't know. But then again, they could they could uh, have a, a, a conference. And all we need are four of the justices to let this move forward. And we could lose there, they could toss it. If they do that it's not over. We do motion for reconsideration and we do our other lawsuit as well. we keep putting pressure. If we get enough support from from citizens
1: of this country,
0: I think we can push it through.
1: Okay, well all right, so that's where we that's where we step in. okay, so what we need to do is walk people through so I love this idea. so in the Supreme Court rules there is this, um, Rule number eleven, which allows, if something is being held up in the lower courts, you can ask for your particular lawsuit to be considered by the Supreme Court and kind of uh, bypass
0: the right, court. right. It, and we did did that. And so, if you were to look at the one you have, the copy you have, it does mm-hmm. not have what we had before. What we had before, it would said petition under this court's Rule eleven. So we took that out, so it's not on yours because we don't need it. But yeah, that that's something we didn't know, and we don't. We think there are a lot of uh, people that don't know about that. A lot of attorneys yeah. probably don't know about that.
1: Right, right. And so what this is doing is, and I do remember this whole. I actually was in Washington D.C. on January 6, and as much as I wanted to be, um, when I went to the rally at the Ellipt Park that was outside by um, on the far end by the. Um, Washington Memorial. Honestly, that was the most spiritual experience I have ever had. The spirit was so strong. The patriots from um, past years who have stood up to fight and defend liberty and people that were were there that day. It was just what was happening at the Capitol itself. When I showed up around 2 o'clock after our rally, you could feel the negative energy that was just coming from the Capitol because of the individuals who had shown up early and started doing their trouble, right? right. So um, but I was so tempted, I thought, I want to, I want to watch this on TV. I want to know, I want to watch the process of what's happening inside. But um, they had a vote and uh, like you said, a hundred Senator or a hundred Congress people had said, there's some problems. Okay. We see some problems. We've got the evidence. And 388 or 385 members of the body said, no, we're not going to um, we're not going to look at it. We're not going to consider it. Right. It's, and, and as you write in the in the lawsuit is that is grounds for treason, because when you aren't willing to investigate fraud or a problem with our election process, that's almost as that's equal as having an attack on our country from an outside enemy.
0: That's correct you're you're giving aid and comfort to enemies of the Constitution and enemies of the United States by ignoring a hundred credible members of Congress as witnesses that there were crimes and fraud committed regarding the election so Mike Lee should have stood up and said, I have an obligation to uh, to move forward with the electoral votes but before I do that, I need to vote in favor of at least a 10day investigation to settle settle the concerns on both sides. So you should have done and so, that. And so,
1: right. So we have in this body of individuals, I mean, of course, it's uh, the president and, and Kamala Harris, but we've got, we've got what we consider some of our more conservative members of Congress. Um Rand Paul is part of this group. Michael yes. Lee, uh, yes. Oh, gosh.
0: Curtis, Blake Moore.
1: Well, John Super excited about <laughs> getting him out. That's awesome.
0: in <laughs> Utah were Burgess Owens and Chris Stewart. They yeah. are not defendants. Yes.
1: Right, because they were Lindsey willing. Lindsey Graham to... is
0: a defendant. Yeah, there are a lot of defendants. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, so these individuals are all named in this particular lawsuit, and if it's ruled, you know, in your favor or in your brother's favor, then these individuals lose their position they're elected a, fit, a position in, in congress or in the pre, in the executive office and that's and, because of the constitution right
0: yeah and they're barred permanently from holding any office state local federal
1: okay Absolutely. so um you in this in this particular lawsuit it lists i believe it's uh amendment the 14th amendment where it talks about the oath of office and it, it describes specifically in section three about how if you um, violate the yoke of office you you're not allowed to serve. You're done. Well another thing
0: another thing too is we their their defense is immunity. The US attorneys is is basically immunity. Now Article six of the constitution requires that they be bound by oath. How can they be bound by oath when they have immunity? So we're challenging US code title 28 we're challenging their immunity the constitutionality of it and I think it's a pretty clear-cut case the article 6 like I said the constitution demands no immunity the article 6 demands that they be accountable okay that the oath be binding but it's not binding they can do anything they want and that's what they've done anything they want they haven't held back so it's interesting that when Amy Coney Barrett was asked what the five protections of the First Amendment was, remember when she was interviewed by it's probably Josh Hawley, I think maybe, asked what the five protections were. She remembered four, but she couldn't remember this one: petition for redress of grievances. And I think that's symbolic. We have this powerful, this powerful right to to do this to bring our bring accountability to our government officials and we just don't know that it's there. And we've been brainwashed and pushed pushed into a point where we we have felt helpless, like we couldn't file a petition. I don't think most people even know what a petition for redress of grievances is, but it's the courts and that's what we're doing.
1: So what you're saying then in the First Amendment, the petition of redress is going into the courts because I I felt like what, those of us that had concerns because we had seen the fraud there had been um as much as the media tried to 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 black it out where you couldn't see the testimony of these different states that were bringing forward witnesses to the fraud that they saw in their states um, I felt like showing up and being there was our way of petitioning our redresses to the government. You know, we have a concern. We're here and we wanted those elected officials inside the Congress not to be afraid of us. Okay, that's not why we were there. It was to let them know we support we support this motion of looking at the election and making sure that there were no problems with our election. It was like the last stand To make sure that that 2020 election cycle was um, held without any sort of interference from within or or abroad.
0: Well, sure. And look at the liberal left, the Democrats, they know how to use the courts. They use the courts to further their their harvesting of mail-in ballots, right? So we need to use the courts and that's what we're doing. The normal route would be if we were to go to a law firm and say, hey, we wanted to do this a few years ago, they would have said you can't. And if you do, you have to get permission from the sergeant in arms. You have to get a waiver. You have to go to special claims court. So we didn't buy into that. We decided we were going to go into our courts. We have state right, state protected rights to do that with the state constitution. The U.S. Constitution protects our right to go to any court we choose. So we did that. And the fact that we've gotten to the U.S. Supreme Court with one of these cases is we're pretty thrilled about it. That was our goal. We made it over the goal line. Now it's up to America to support it and for at least five patriotic constitutional uh, justices to support this move forward.
1: Okay, so what does that look like? How do we support this lawsuit? What do we need to be doing?
0: Share. Tell people about it. Uh, people can go to the thesupremecourt.gov to verify it with the case number, the 22-380. I remember it by 22 caliber and 380 caliber. So 22-380, uh, they can follow it. They can also go to my website, which is 7discoveries.com, and uh, they can actually get the book that, that that's showing behind me here that has discoveries and concepts that have never been published before, concepts that we've used in the pleadings. So they can do that, but as people rally around this and show positive support, uh, I'm getting invite for interviews. This is my third one today, I have more coming up. I think eventually this will hit some kind of a national uh, level where people can really bind together and show support of this. I think this is the this is a great way to move this country forward in a terrific, exciting way.
1: Well, what I want to talk about, yes, I'm I'm totally with you, Lloyd. A hundred percent. I mean I'm I was so excited for this like four weeks ago when I first ran into you and I was just like, oh my gosh, there's you know, when you just get to the point where you're almost feeling hopeless about what can be done. And here you guys have gone to work and I am positive there were miracles in the process. Okay. To get it to this. Oh, point,
0: definitely. There's so many things that
1: happened. It's
0: just uncanny. And the timing, look at the timing of this. Yeah.
1: Yes. The timing is. So, I'm,
0: what was your question?
1: Well, um, what I. We've seen a do, lot
0: of, a lot of. Yeah.
1: You know, I wanted to walk you want through, to what? through that. The idea that, okay, let's say, you know, Joe Biden does not, you know, he loses his seat. There's there's procedure that happens, and so the Democrats still hold that seat. It's just that he can't have it, and so there would be special elections held to replace these individuals. I don't know what
0: the process would be. That would be that would be other. I think there are other people that are all set in place uh, to do what needs to be done with this. I think this is an answer to a lot of prayers. I know it is ours to get to this point. But they could go to the House leader of what's, yeah, there could be a number of, there's just a myriad of things that could happen, I think, regarding this. But it would certainly, the main thing, it would strip their immunity. So who would want to become a member of Congress as a criminal and not have immunity? It would probably change the, uh, change the playing field quite a bit as to who would want to be a a member of Congress. I
1: mean, it's going to change, oh my goodness. Okay, so we're I'm talking with Lloyd Brunson. He has been my guest today, and we are we've got more to talk about. We've got to take a break here in just a minute, but we're talking about a lawsuit that's in the Supreme Court as we speak, and um, could change the whole complexion of our country here if um, the ruling goes the way that we hope it will. And so, um, stay with us. We've got more to discuss. This is this is uncharted territory, as far as how our government works when these kind of situations, uh, you know, crop up. So we've got lots more to talk about here on the Liberty Moms podcast, so stay with us. We'll be right back. back to the liberty mom podcast chris kimball is hosting today my guest has been Lloyd brunson and we're talking about a lawsuit that he and his brothers have put forward there's um uh, multiple suits and the one that his brother filed is actually sitting in the supreme court as we speak and it could unseat our president our vice president as well as 385 members of our Congress, and that's a body of about 535, I believe, um, members all together between the House and the Senate. And uh, holy cow, just in time for Christmas, Loy. I mean, <laughs> um, so we were talking before on the break what this what this could look like because we've never had anything like this happen before. But we're getting some new understanding when. When we were talking about the First Amendment rights and the petition to redress, you were saying that this is something of us going and using the the court system, and we haven't been doing that. And we've also been relying on attorneys that take an oath to the the bar association, and they're they're most of them are pretty um, ignorant, I would say, to common law. Um, they're more uh, schooled on uh, case law and not understanding really common law and the way our constitution was originally designed. And right now we have these originalists that are sitting on the Supreme Court who basically have been waiting for we, the people, to do something to to really help restrict some of the overreach, and the out-of-control behavior of our legislative body and the executive branch, right?
0: That is right. The Supreme Court can't do anything without a case or an application. So if we look at the body of the Supreme Court justices that could do something to further this, we can look at the three justices that have actually voted in favor of Supreme Court cases having to do with the 2020 election. And the three justices that voted against doing something about it, are, I think, primed to do something now, and that would be Kavanaugh, that would be Gorsuch, and that would be Barrett. They proved, I think, that they would do something by their last decision with Roe versus Wade. There's nothing the president could do about that. There's nothing that the majority of the House and Senate could do anything about that decision because the Supreme Court is supreme. So the executive and the legislative branch of government, with its majority, have flexed their muscles, and they couldn't do anything about the decisions made or the decisions made by the Supreme Court. So this is an opportunity for the Supreme Court to flex their muscles now with this case that gives them the background, it gives them the constitutional and the legal authority to actually remove federal officers from their positions. To show an extreme case, let's say that uh, that a, uh, an attorney general in a state brought charges against a federal representative. And, and, and it was dismissed at the lower courts, but it ended up at the Supreme Court, and let's say it was a capital offense, and the Supreme Court upholds that decision. Well, a capital punishment with a capital de- offense would be a removal of office, wouldn't it? So we know, we know that the Supreme Court, that's an extreme example, but we know that the Supreme Court has the power, then the legal authority, to remove federal officials from office should they choose to do
1: so? So again, this is just another of the balance of power that our founders gave us. Yes. If we end up having rogue people to like we have today. Look at our government today. Yeah. They, told yeah. they ignore the institution and they're so, right. certain, I mean, they're making money. They pass these. Yeah. Oh my gosh. it, it
0: Let's look at this. Let's let's say that the U.S. attorneys had not filed a motion to dismiss, but answered the complaint, had their defendants answer the complaint and we litigated. It wouldn't be at the Supreme Court right now. It wouldn't be there. But because of their arrogance and uh, their position that they have immunity, well, now that can be challenged. And under Rule 11, the full complaint can be completely adjudicated and decided and executed by the Supreme Court. Usually it'll be a reversal or an upholding of a lower court's decision. But if it's a national emergency, according to Supreme Court rules and processes, if it's a national emergency, they can take the case, the full complaint, completely adjudicate and execute it.
1: Wow. Well, before we got um, sidetracked with our break, we were talking about, what this would look like if uh, you know best case scenario they convene after recess and we were talking about the idea that their okay. id don't work yeah, let, me,
0: let me let me give you a little scenario that i have in my mind kind of a another christmas wish right mm-hmm. uh, when the when the members of congress show up to the next session their credentials don't work because the the us marshal service has executed a federal court order shown that to the sergeant in arms and they've had to dis- they've had to cancel the credentials of the 385 defendants. And I could just imagine Secret Service going uh, receiving an order from the court to relieve themselves of their security post having to do with the president and the vice president, and reassigned to whatever the system allows for the reassignment of those positions. So that could be pretty exciting. I could just picture some of them going, "Wait, wait! I'm a, I'm a senator. I'm a member of the House, and my, my card isn't working. I'm swiping. It's not working. It's like, sorry, but you are no longer, uh, you are, you no longer have credentials. Your credentials have been nullified, <laughs> voided."
1: See what a, I mean, seriously, what a great Christmas gift, right? That would be great cool, right? And so we're that's that's kind of like the best case. So I'm my mind is going with the idea that. OK, we lose the president. We can never not have an executive person in the executive office because that makes well, us-
0: people that would temporarily take that place immediately yeah. would probably be the majority of the House that's left leader. Right.
1: Yeah, because um, well, the speaker, of course, um, depending McCarthy, on who the new speaker is, McCarthy we don't think
0: really- would probably the, be the last standing. So they would have to take a temporary place until the state's. Or, whatever process would take place to replace those representatives. The states would have to hold special elections or they'd have to figure it out.
1: Right. And so it could be, yeah, so there'd be some, uh, obviously, it would go into the House body. And then McCarthy, is he on the list? I didn't look to see if his name is on there.
0: Um, We'd have to figure out who their leader I'm would be.
1: Sure he was on the list. <laughs> if I, I know. Think him,
0: I think he's the minority leader right now in the House.
1: Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he's listed as one of the defendants in here because he would have voted to not.
0: Right, but all that is just speculation. Right? We just we just know that they we've given them the power. They had. It's like we've handed them the ammunition. They have the gun now. They have the ammunition to do whatever they need to do with it. And they could actually pick and choose. They they can execute it any way they they deemed would be. Feasible and and be a positive move forward for the United States of America. They wouldn't do anything that would, you know, cause well, problems. So they would have to correlate, I think, with some powers.
1: Okay. So, Lloyd, the other thing I'm thinking about is the idea that you are going after these individuals. They're they're being um, because they violated their oath of office. So, what does that send? What message does that send to our elected officials in the future that we the people? Are actually watching what they're doing, and we're going to hold them accountable when they do violate the oath of office. Well, oh,
0: that's Article Article Four, Section Four. We would go back to a more republican form of government, where
1: it's a representative yeah. government. Exactly, and they're they're actually voting within the bounds of the Constitution, right. which is which is a big win for we the people and our liberty. That restores more of our liberty, and oh my goodness, there's well, so uh, many.
0: One of the little nuances of the of the responsibilities of, of the oath being binding is uh, there are California statutes. Ha- I saw one having to do with, uh, with a perjury, and they actually put wording in it where you could not be charged with perjury if it had to do with the oath of office and a politician. So they've actually structured legislation, federal and local, to protect themselves completely from committing – from being charged with crimes that they would be committing – holding office. So I think there would have to be some test that they had actually read the Constitution before they took an oath to uphold and defend it, preserve it from all enemies, domestic and foreign. They would probably need to be tested to show that, they, that they're that they not at least committing perjury from not reading the document. So, I mean, this could open up a whole new exciting form of education right down to we the people, at the, you know, voting for people right to the representatives that were that we're voting for and supporting.
1: You so. know, and it could catch on to the, to into the state legislative bodies where we could, well, you got to get those legislators that would want to pass this, but if you could get an amendment going through that, we could do the same process to our Oh, state oh once,
0: we, once we have a Supreme court decision, it's, it's checkmate. They wouldn't oh. have, a they would not be able to do the litigation would compl- They wouldn't have a chance because we would have, a Supreme Court decision that would completely <laughs> annihilate their arguments.
1: So we could be we could be watchdogs on our state level because we have oh. plenty, I mean, good grief, we have plenty of yeah. people yeah. letting both of office yeah. here. Huh?
0: Yeah. Well, this would at least, yeah, this would start with getting them to read the document. I mean, how many representatives have really read the whole document? Oh. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, Loy, this, honestly, I mean, my mind – it just – it's so exciting because there's just so many good um, – Yes.
0: Out- oh. To this
1: absolutely. The, schools, we-
0: the schools would start teaching the Constitution, and that would be constitutional to fund constitutional studies in public schools if it was done properly.
1: Yes. Yes. And, you know, I was reading um, – you and I were both at the expo on this weekend, and uh, there, there was one individual from Montana, this young guy, and oh, he –
0: with him. We're yeah. We're we're going to work together on some lawsuit possibilities.
1: And I can't say his name because it was very long.
0: I forgot (laughs) it too. He's brilliant, and he actually works with the AG there in in Montana, and he has a, a state government position. And he's basically in charge of researching and gaining all of the technical nuances of information and state and federal statutes and local statutes to put together. He's perfect, perfectly primed for a, a great case that he's been talking to the AG about, but they don't have the resources to do it. So we may be able to help him do something oh,
1: there. See, that's fantastic. And that's, I mean, that's why these uh, these events are so important, is because people um, connect and collaborate together. But, yeah. you know, he inspired me to, I went online and ordered Blackstone and Montague and Montesquieu. Oh, and uh, I would, yeah. it, it was amazing how. He would sit and read the, the, his, um, oh, I don't have it in front of me, but the rights of the people, of the person, he would read in public so that people were getting educated, which goes back to what we were just speaking about, how our elected officials aren't even educated on the Constitution. So they're taking an oath to a document that they haven't even read. They don't understand. Yeah.
0: Well, Thomas and- Jefferson said the true corrective for constitutional abuse is education. Now, in our complaint, we're asking for a monetary award that we want to dedicate to education right down to the elementary school level so people understand their rights and how the Constitution does not provide their rights but protects their rights and uh, to help get America back on the right track again. So there's a significant monetary award that the Supreme Court could award us that would help further that cause.
1: Oh, my goodness. Loy, you've thought of everything. Because really, it is true, and our schools are doing, I mean, with this current um, common core government um, curriculum that they've shoved down children's throats, they've eliminated any of the civic education that they need to understand the beauty of the Constitution and how it's there to protect them from reaching government.
0: Well, and you so just tell me come up with a new motto. There's a motto out there: "Make America Great Again," and uh, this could be "Make America Clean," again. Yeah,
1: make America <laughs> clean. Clean. Out, clean out the clean out
0: the swamp. Make America <laughs> clean. The first Bible was uh, was published by the Congress, and the 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 separation of church and state in the Constitution that doesn't exist. Those words don't exist. I mean, a little education can go a long ways. And with this money, not only can we promote education, but we can also establish a legal team, a a law team, a real civil liberties union, a real liberty union of lawyers and resources where we can enforce the oath once the immunity is stripped from them.
1: Well, I am, I mean, I am just praising God that you and your brothers were inspired to to take this on, that you whatever motivated you to say, hey, this was an injustice, and we're not gonna let it stand, we're gonna hold them accountable. This is important, it's a national emergency. It's a national- Well, and
0: you, what you're doing here, sharing this information, asking me questions, and getting the word out, people are sharing, someone sent me a little link to someone that just found the docket, uh, the the petition on the docket, and they had 28,000 viewers watching him read through it and so that was yesterday so things are happening thanks to you and others who want to share this information and want to ask questions and want to understand it it's phenomenal so tonight uh, we're going to i'm going to be speaking and it was going to be a group of 20 but they moved to a bigger venue so it's going to be fun to go to that tonight and see how many people are there we'll have we'll have printed uh, replicas like you have of what the what the supreme court has in their hands now and what they require we'll have books that, uh, that you see a picture of behind me that have discoveries in the Constitution that we've used, that have been overlooked for over 200 years, that we've used in our pleadings. So it'll be a fun event tonight, and hopefully more like it.
1: Right. So here's this is what's so great, is that you're sharing what you have learned, and this is what's led to this particular lawsuit. But it's it's information that is being hidden away, and sometimes we've kind of evolved where Originally, when our country was first founded, the idea was that you didn't need a lawyer. You could file you could, you could could your own petition of redress. But we've been conditioned to think that, oh, you need an attorney. You can't do this without a lawyer. And it's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And that's not the way founders designed it to be. It's based on common law. That's for the exactly. average, average woman.
0: Everyone right? should understand it. And uh, it's so simple, it's, it's really quite simple. I asked Mike Lee in 2010, when he was running for office, I produced a documentary with my b- brothers. And uh, the question is, what's the penalty for breaking the oath of office? And he said, you lose the election. And Senator Hatch gave me the same answer. It's like, that's not a real answer. What he could have said is we don't have to keep the oath because we have immunity. But this deceitful kind of, oh yeah, we're following the oath because we take an oath and there's and there and you know, and we lose the election if we violate the oath, it's like that's not the intent. That's not a binding oath. So once people understand how to hold their representatives' feet to the fire, we have a whole new world.
1: Oh, my goodness. I mean, this is the answer to so, so, so many prayers. So God's been listening. I mean, we've been on our knees going, how do we how do we stop this train wreck, this dumpster fire that's happening to our country, yeah. you know? And, you know, when you have the media that is supporting their narrative and, and attacking good patriots for wanting to do the right thing, it makes it very, very difficult. And so here you are behind, behind the scenes, stealthily doing your, your uh, lawsuits without anybody really knowing. I mean... It's a it's a miracle. It truly is, Loy.
0: We feel that way too. We're pretty grateful and excited about where we're at with it.
1: Well, we want our listeners to know that um, they can be a part of this. Uh, one is going to be sharing this information. Share it with your family members. Uh, this is new. It, this is new for a lot of people. Okay. That's
0: right. have, well, and- the U.S. attorneys have six days from today. So this is yeah, this is on the on track right now. This is a lot this,
1: this is brand new, you know, breaking news. And we're all being educated on this process, but we need to um, contact. Does the Supreme Court have a place where people can make public comments?
0: I think as people as people become aware of it and go public with this,
1: social I think media. This is
0: gonna lead to some some high profile exposure. And then the people can get together, rally together. Show positive support for this, and I think I think the justices are going to see a tremendous positive based on what's happening now. I think it's growing exponentially; it's really taking off, and things are starting to go viral. So, all
1: right, that'll, well, that'll a lot. I know I'm going to be doing my part. i my my brain is just racing right now. Who do I know that I can get this information to? Into it's got to go everywhere well,
0: across. I'll coast. have some links too. If you go to SevenDiscoveries.com, d- we're going to have some special links that have information and ways people can get involved. I think so, and some, yeah, so they they can do that. 7discoveries.com, and then they can verify that this is true by going to supremecourt.gov with the docket number 22-380. Do a search, and when you do a search, scroll down. It looks like it didn't do anything, but do the search, click search, scroll down, and you'll see the results.
1: Okay. Now, when you say seven, is it number seven or spelled seven?
0: Number seven it's okay. either way but number 7 i prefer but both yeah. ways are supposed to work
1: okay 7discoveries.com okay so um loy thank you so much this is uh, this is beyond exciting because uh, especially after what happened a week ago tuesday with our elections and oh, i kn- the- i knew when we didn't address it i mean when we don't go in and fix the problems that um, fix our laws that are making us vulnerable okay to fraud that's making us and then we don't go in and look to verify we just ignore it and say hey trust us we're good i mean that's a problem and we don't have the trust that we need in our republic to feel like um our our voice is being heard and if it's not being heard and our elections are being stolen we need to know that so we can fix things. Yeah.
0: And and now our justices can do a huge a huge fix themselves with this case.
1: Yeah, right, right. Well, Loy, thank you so much. I mean, this Christmas came early, way before Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> so, so great. Um, thank you. Prayers are going to be in order too. I mean, let's continue praying. Uh you've had a lot of um divine help getting your 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 case in where it is right now that's that's a miracle in and of itself. It
0: certainly feels like it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So good luck, Loy, with everything that you're working on, and um, we'll keep our prayers going, and we'll get this out into the social media realm so that uh, it can just spread and and get the word out there.
0: Great. Thank you. We really Thank- appreciate your support. Thanks again. You bet. Okay.
1: All right. Well. Um, I'm so excited about what is happening in our in our country because even last weekend when I was at uh, the Red Pill Expo and learning from other individuals, um, people who are um, filing, um, trying to find the victims of of individuals who um, died during COVID by by remdesivir, basically, and uh, there's individuals who are looking to file criminal charges against Dr. Barrick, who stood up and recommended remdesivir as a cure for COVID when he knew personally, because he was um, part of the uh, team of doctors that um, worked over in the Congo during Ebola, that remdesivir had a kill rate of 53, yeah. percent and yet he turned around and told the American people that it was safe, that it was a safe way to heal from COVID. And so there were um, people that were double injected twice that received the COVID vaccine twice and then ended up in the hospital and were given remdesivir. The kill rate was almost 98%. Oh my gosh. It was astronomical. It's, it's, it's horrible. And so um, this particular person, Stanford Graham, he is working with Dr. David Martin. and they. I know, are... Stanford.
0: I know Stanford. He has a copy of this. we spoke before. I met him a oh, couple it, of years it, ago. We talked about yeah. this case. Yeah,
1: so He's he... excited
0: about this. He's really excited about this case.
1: Yeah, and so they're looking to file criminal charges against Dr. Barrick, which will be the next step to getting Dr. Fauci. So yeah. they have a process in line, yeah. and so they're looking at a different thing that um, – You know, totally was uh, stomping on our uh, liberties and killing people.
0: Well, this could give us a new uh, attorney, uh, this could give us a new DOJ. And so this could have a tremendous effect on cases like that.
1: Yeah. Well, Loy, we are, again, thank you, thank you for joining me today. And thank you for all your work. Good luck. God bless. And uh, thank you for watching the Liberty Moms podcast today. And the website you want to go to is sevendiscoveries.com. And the supremecourt.gov. And the case number is 22 380. So um, spread the news, get this podcast out, and we will see you next week on the Liberty Moms podcast.